Welcome to episode nine of the Scaling Therapy Practice. Uh, this is James Marlin. This episode is about turning your vision into action. And I'm going to share with you two of my favorite quotes from the episode to get us started. David talks about how discomfort is sometimes a sign that something's wrong, but it's also a sign of something that is growing. I don't know how many of you started a business or hired a staff for the first time or bought a building for the first time. And there was a lot of discomfort with that process and you did some things wrong, but you learned from that and that learn that learning created strength for you. And so it's not always bad to do things that are a, a struggle or a discomfort. And then I, I had a quote uh, in the episode, the dream starts in your head, like everything you're going to achieve, your achievements start in your head, but when they take life is when you write them down. And that is something that I've experienced more and more as I grow the business, that writing things down helps you take action to them. I really hope uh, you find those um that inspiring and that you can find more tips as you listen to this episode. If you're listening to this episode in February uh, or the beginning of March, 2023, I have two things for you to note. Uh, Gordon Brewer is doing a course on podcasting and I'm teaming up with him to provide some technical support and some of my experiences I just started. So you're going to get the experience of somebody who has just started a podcast and somebody who's been podcasting for, I think, eight to 10 years. Um, so Gordon is leading that course and there's a free webinar coming up. So check out the show notes, the links for the how to sign up for that webinar. Uh, we're going to run two webinars and then the course is going to be in March. The second thing is AI is really heating up. You probably hear me talk about AI weekly. I can't go. I use it every week. Uh, I can't go a week without thinking about all the new things that it's doing. So I made a mini course, a free mini course on how to nine things AI can do for you right now, such as emails, outlines, quizzes, discussion questions, uh, show notes, scripts for your YouTube videos, uh, everything like that. Uh, I've had it write me some emails to potential you know, clients like, hey, the client can't pay their bill. What's a way to be compassionate, but also firm? And uh, the, the AI will write me that email. So I have a free mini course on those nine things. Uh, look for the show notes on how to how to sign up for that. Um, I'm just really excited about it. So on with the show about turning your vision into action. PsychMaven is proud to support the Scaling Therapy Practice Podcast. And if you are someone looking for ideas that are tailored to your own personal style on how to scale and grow your own impact and income as a mental health provider, we hope you might check out our free online assessment. If you go to stp.psychmaven.com, you can take our free personal inventory and find out what your builder type is as a helping professional. This assessment is quick and fun, and it comes with tons of customized resources with your results. So you can discover the best ways to scale that match your own personality. 
Find the assessment at stp.psychmaven.com. That is stp.psychmaven.com. Have fun with it. Welcome to the Scaling Therapy Practice. Uh, my name is James Varland. I'm with Dr. David Hall. Today, we're going to talk about why your dreams live outside your comfort zone. It's a great topic, uh, but first, David, we're going to talk about a tool, a tech, or a tip of the week. What do you What do you got? You know, we were talking offline but before this, and, um, you know, for, for people that are checking this out, don't know, you might be checking it out uh, when this is, we're recording this early January, though, and... Um, but I, one of the things I do as part of my, my rhythms of work is I'll do webinars and James was asking me about what I use for that. And, uh, I actually use a tool I, I like a lot. Um, it's called webinar ninja. Mm -hmm. You can find a link in the show notes for that, or you can go uh, to webinar ninja.psychmaven.com, uh, for our link on that. But it is, uh, yeah, it, it's, I came across them years ago when I was, I was first starting to teach online. And I needed a synchronous delivery method. Uh, synchronous. Synchronous. What does that mean? So that's something a lot of us, it, it's funny, we've learned in the pandemic, a certain terms have become more uh, familiar to a lot of us. And for therapists, synchronous and asynchronous, I think, have become more known because it affects, <laughs> it, it talks a lot about for continuing education. So synchronous is the idea that it's, it's live. It's, oh, okay. uh, it could be in-person live or, but if you say you're doing a synchronous online training, it's you're, you're, you're in it when it's happening. People right. and yeah. asynchronous being the site of pre-recorded, but that language, uh, at so least webinar in circle, ninja, yeah. lets you do it like live or live. asynchronous. Yes. Live. And it, it does have ways to, to do it non-live. So asynchronous, but for synchronous options, but. And I may be, people may be listening to that and be like, what is he talking about? But at least I, I've heard a lot more therapists use that language because it it, it is related to CE delivery uh, in the past uh, few years in ways that people yeah. have, have thought about. But yeah, it, it is, I needed a solution that let me do things online live. Mm -hmm. And there was Zoom, but I was never happy with Zoom. And I'm still not, I use it for some things, but I, I don't love it as a webinar presentation mm -hmm. thing. You there's issues of muting people, unmuting people, people screens. I there's a lot of well, yeah, and you have to you have to upgrade to get their webinar platform. Yeah, it, it's yeah, and and I just don't like the look. I don't like uh, all the different screens, and people are in any number of situations, and that aren't necessarily the most um, presentable in a in a mm -hmm. recording. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, so and what. Yeah, Webinar Ninja is a very clean uh, presentation. I love, there are a lot of great built-in features. You can build in quizzes that people can take. Mm -hmm. live. Like participation type stuff. Yeah, there's stuff. a lot of participation yeah. tools. There's surveys. Uh, there's ways that you can ask questions outside of the chat that lets you organize questions more. And so Q&A mm -hmm. is a big part of my live webinars. And anyway, I really love it as a tool. Uh, and if you're interested again, uh, it's webinarninja.psychmaven.com for our special link in that, but yeah, that's a tool I love and I, I'm, I'm about to do a live webinar and I, and it also allows me to do on-demand webinars and it's a little bit different than like an online course and how it's set up, but, um, but yeah, love it as a tool. Cool. What about you, James? 
So I am a uh, tool tech, tool tech or tip. Yeah. <laughs> I like alliteration. So, uh, yeah. so, uh, I've been reading a book by, um, Jeff Walker, uh, launch. He, he does product launch formulas mm-hmm. formula. And it is just, I was like, why do I need a whole book on just launching a product or a course? And now I'm like, I don't just need a course. I need like to, he has like free stuff in his book, like recordings and stuff. Like after I read the book, I need to go back and take that stuff because there is so much good information about building anticipation for a launch and for um, engaging your audience and then how to maintain the audience. And then he, the, the, I'm in the later chapters of the book about, okay, you can use this formula and not just to launch like one product, but if you expand it, you can use it to launch businesses or sections of businesses. It is just a wonderful, well thought out, uh, practical, easy to use, uh, system on launching, launching a product. And, and I have used, you know, I've, I've, I've found this sort of like formula in other people's books and podcasts and things. And I think I found the genesis of it. Like, I think I found. Yeah. He's came up with the, I think he even came up with the phrase of of that. And it is. And, and for a lot of people that are learning online business, particularly you can use it for a lot of stuff, but it's it's designed for online business, his model and he and Russell Brunson, they're two models. Russell Brunson's big on webinars, and, mm-hmm. and I use a version of his uh, webinar model and uh, Jeff Walker's uh, product, product launch, launch formula. Yeah. It is, uh, and it's just, it's, you know, it's cool. And I've talked to so many people who felt that their business life's particularly been so transformed. I've not read the book yet. I've, I've gotten very uh second and third hand versions yeah of it. so i feel like i could explain product launch formula fairly well but it's not because i've gotten into jeff walker stuff it's because i've i've listened to people that read his stuff or, sure you know, oh yeah he is he is like his the dna is injected into many marketing yeah. and launching um yeah programs so uh, we're, we're doing something a little different today though And this is, it's, I am, uh, so the, for those who've checked out the podcast episodes that we've released as of this point, a lot of them are a lot more me and part of it is I'm, I'm, as James and I were talking about this, I'm the therapist in this. And so a lot of what we're speaking to are things I've kind of gone through, uh, and, but I, I, as James and I were prepping for this episode, we had this idea for something a little different. So, uh, James had a quote that I really liked. I'm like, well, let's, let's go on this. And so I, we're <laughs> going to take our time today where I'm, I want to be basically asking James some questions and kind of interviewing him because to, to give people context, James, at the time we were recording, you've talked a little bit in previous episodes, people who, you know, of your backstory of basically sure. You, you about the different things you've done career-wise and even uh, you had shared it, I think it may be our second episode of you know, the process when you were young and got into a car accident and how that really yeah. led to reflection on yep. what's, what's my life about. But uh, so we've, we've got a bit more history of your journey of working in therapy adjacent spaces as a mm-hmm. business administrator, administrator, as a admissions person, as a 
as someone who helps therapists organize things, but tell folks what you're working on right now. Oh, okay. So right now, uh, I'm, I'm using some of my skills to develop a, a course to help therapists launch their own courses. Uh, one of the things, um, one of the things I realized as I was taking jobs is I didn't have a lot of the security or future planning that I wanted. Like I took, I took jobs because I thought they were safe. You know, I thought like the, the company's going to provide for me. I'll get a paycheck. Um, I'll work hard for the company and they'll take care of, <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing as I say this, but they'll take care of me, um, you know, and until it's time to retire. And as I've advanced through, you know, different levels of management, that has not always been the case. And one of the things I kept thinking for, for years is like, James, you gotta, you gotta, people call it like side hustles. I'm not sure what I was thinking about, like what it was in my head, but James, you gotta take care of yourself. You know, you gotta plan for your future. You gotta build something, even though it's small, you know, even though it might start small. You got to think about the future and build out. But I was just, I was just afraid, man. I was just scared to go out and um, think about what my, what my life would be like after that. Could I, I guess, imposter syndrome, like, could I do it? What would people think? What would people do? And so I just never, never took steps to achieve those dreams it just sort of like lived lived in my head and never got out and mm. so when i um had the um the last company i ran got bought out and the new owners didn't need an, an a, a, another operations manager they could they handled that themselves the security that i thought i had was was gone it was uh totally gone in a in like an hour Mm. It is, you know, I, what you're speaking to, I think, depending on age and how people grew up, it, it is something that I've seen quite a bit of my work as a therapist mm -hmm. uh, in not just in our industry, but in any industry of there's been a major generational shift of my grandfather uh, fought in the Second World War, came back and took a job and worked that job for the next 40 years almost. Mm hmm and took his retirement and he, he, he almost had, I, I, I joke because he retired in his early sixties and he made it to almost 90. And I don't think his pension fund was designed to mm -hmm. last that long. And my grandma right. uh, lived another, my grandma passed away at 101 and she was collecting his, his pension until just the other year. So the amount of years of pension payout was more than my, my grandpa worked, but that's besides the point. But, the idea was something like that. You like, you go to work for a company, you be yeah. a company person, you know, company man, company woman, whatever the, the, the phraseology people would think about it. And that that's the idea. And you're rewarded for that. But the truth is we live in uh, a time in the post-industrial age where just the life cycles of companies don't even work like that necessarily. Right. Like if you got a really secure 20 years ago, so early 2000s, you get a really secure corporate job at Blockbuster or fill in the blank. You know, yeah. there's, there's so many, when people think of kind of famous companies right now, how many of them existed 
before a certain time and will they exist in the future? And just even if I'm just trying to think about, I remember for one of my grandparents trying to explain to her Uber and she never understood the concept. Uh, and it is a strange concept to think about because mm -hmm. basically it's this, it's this hugely profitable company that works off a premise that requires certain technology to be in place and that the whole system wouldn't have worked before smartphones. And I think I, I kind of grew up, you know, uh, in a time where things are changing. Like I lived in the old world and was trying to pattern my life after, and it's also part of my natural bent. I'm a really loyal person. I, I'm a really hard worker. I'm a really, um, like help each other out. You know, we're all going to reach the top of the mountain together type of person. There's a, you know, work, uh, uh, I remember this story, uh, it, have you ever been to like a, a nature challenge, you know, as a younger kid, um, uh, what do they call those where you, uh, a ropes course, have you been to yeah, a ropes yeah, course I, when I, you did I, challenges that, yeah. and we did one in like sixth grade or seventh grade or eighth grade, some, somewhere right there. And there was some log we were all supposed to stand on and we kept falling off and we fell off and we fell off. And, uh, the, uh, at one point I said, we're never going to be able to do this, you know? And of course these challenges are designed for you to like think through and do it. And the instructor stopped us and said, okay, we're done with this challenge. Cause you're, you, you believe you can't do it. You're not going to be able to do it. And I've kind of kept that with me. Like I, to be the positive person, you know, mm. to be the one that, that no matter what is going on, you're going to, oh, there's a way to overcome and persevere and we can all do it together, that type of stuff. And then not to speak ill of the people that have let me go, but that is not always the thoughts of the corporate world. It, it is. Um, it can get really impersonal. It, it often is shaped that way. And, and I could say even on the, you know, as a business owner, kind of looking on the other side of things, uh, sometimes it's hard because it's not even just your decisions as a, as a, as a, the, the decision maker, sometimes it's situations exist. Uh, there's a concept in business that's called the buggy whip syndrome. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you're familiar with this thing, James, but it's, I think uh, so. but it's this idea that you can have a family firm that makes the best buggy right. whips in the sense of horse and buggies and, and generation after generation, that is a key tool for people in their lives and how they, you know, and then within a very short amount of time, it goes from horse and carriages being a standard of everyday life to it's arcane. Everyone's moved to cars. But the company makes the best buggy whip ever. Yes. But it doesn't, at some point, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And sometimes when you're leading that, that can, and so we live in an age where a lot of success is in business is predicated on the ability, the ability to pivot. Mm -hmm. and how to adjust to a lot of and it's one of the the factors in looking at kind of generational mapping that's something i'm really big into but it's a it's a major hallmark of gen z the latest teenage generation kind of coming up is that they're very adaptable but part of it is, is that they've grown up in an environment that requires a lot more and a lot more frequent adaptation mm -hmm. so it led you, though, in this process, James, to say, like, OK, I want to start something that I'm leading. It's not just I'm going to fulfill somebody else's dream. Right. 
But what I'm hearing you say is that you realize that a lot of your experience was in fulfilling other people's dreams. And so how do you take the fulfillment of other people's dreams and create a business out of that? And mm. going to the, well, how do I help therapists make courses? Yeah. And, and this question. was, I've, this came up in an earlier podcast episode, but James and my initial connection was he'd reached out to me saying, hey, you're a therapist that's created a lot of online offerings. And his question was, why don't you think other therapists are doing this? Mm -hmm. Because you had already thought about like, I think the problem I can help people solve and right. contribute to my livelihood is how do I help bridge the gap between this thing that makes sense for therapists to do right. and help them do it? Yeah, great, great question. Because as in, in my over 20 years of experience, I've started, I started working with mental health providers in like 2000. I can't believe it's been that long. But anyways, starting out uh, working with therapists, like they've always been like the helpers and the healers and the, the, the idea people. And they go to all these conferences, they take notes and, and, and they, they have these CEUs. And half of the time when they, you go to the CEUs, you can, uh, they can teach it. They can like teach the class all themselves. A and then there was another convergence of, I went to a bunch of trainings and I saw that the, the people doing the trainings were not that much better than anyone else. They were just regular people sharing what they know in a system or in a format. And I'm like, I can do this, but I also, I can help other people do this because I think the negative thoughts like, oh, who's going to listen to me and I can't do this and I'm going to be struggling with the technology, th those are solvable problems. And if you're in the right environment, in the right group, with the right supports, you're going to be able to do what the other people do with your own voice. So uh, why therapists? It's because I think they have this awesome, they can help people make an impact, but they're also geared, like your career has geared you to do trainings like it's it's right there for you so i was like why aren't more people doing this like what's the problem so then my my solution was to help them um do it so why why therapists though it's um i think it goes back to um and this is a concept that's evolved over time for me but when you're running a business uh you are the most important, you, the owner, are the most important person in your business. Everything revolves around you. And when you burn out, when when you are ragged, when you're grind, you know, when you, <laughs> the, our shows like Grow Without the Grind, when you're grinding down, it's when the business is running your life and you are not running your life. You mm -hmm. live to serve the business. You are a slave to the business and it, um, it, it, that's not, that is a nightmare life. <laughs> that's not living your dream life. If you're a slave to the business, that is, that is getting it wrong. And so I came up, um, uh, heart centered consulting. I'm going to get, I'll get, a, I'll get the link, um, right. But, uh, I went to a webinar and they talked about putting yourself first in the business and understanding and other books talk about this too but understanding what you can provide like what what are you good at what do you like doing what do people come to you for uh uh, uh support and uh, and encouragement and like what what is that and I, i'm a tech guy I like tech things and i like making classes anyways like so i, I well, came up with like person i, I yeah. think it's part of it too is like you you like 
the so the Process, systematic systems yeah yeah the the systematic way of coming up with solutions that can be implemented in so, scalable repeatable ways so that that goes back to some of my personality because i love i struggle with choices i just do i struggle when i i probably told this story before but uh, here i'll tell another one sometimes i struggle at mcdonald's okay it's the same menu all the time right yeah hamburger chicken french fries drink and and sometimes i'll look at the menu and i'll be like i don't know what i want like what what am i gonna like here so so translate that to a working environment where you have the ultimate freedom to do whatever you want whenever you want I mean, you got to make money, but you, 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 the owner, you have to make choices and you can get stuck in like, what am I going to do? And so that just goes back to my, like, I need, I need a system. I have to have a system to make any progress. Uh, chicken nuggets, fries, cook. Is that what you get all the time? Sweet and sour sauce. Uh, yeah. Back in the day, you could get honey packets and sometimes mm. you can do, it depends on the McDonald's location. And I'll say, I live in the South. We eat far more Chick-fil-A, uh, mm -hmm. McDonald's. And I, I try to generally, like at this point in my life, I try to eat a lot more salads. I've learned to like salads. Yeah. Uh, but my caloric intake was not a, a factor. I, I, could, I could hit some McDonald's chicken nuggets and fries. Every once in a while, I'll get a hamburger. And so, but, yeah. but and, and I think what you're highlighting too is that not everyone struggles the same. And so, but part of a good system and if your gift that you have to give therapists is helping them create systems, is that it isn't a one-size-fits-all system. It's what does your system look like? And you're in, but the idea of, so right now you've got this course that you're, you're fine-tuning. And depending on when people are listening, it may be out. But it, it's this idea of going through the process of, and you know, I have an offering where I, I teach people how to do just trainings in general. There's a little bit about online courses in that, but I also teach people how to do all these different formats and you've niched it down specifically in the online course space for therapists, which is, you know, right now a very compelling thing. And in five, 10, 20 years, online courses may not exist anymore, at least maybe not like that. And that's okay. But, uh, the, the title of this episode is a quote as James and I were talking before we hit record. It was something James said to me about this idea of, you know, as you imagine you dream. So I'm going to like, let you say it, James. So it was, what was uh, your dream life lives just outside your comfort zone. Because there are any number of things that we want. People, you know, people can talk about what they want, but it's, it's taking action and there are different things that, keep right. people from taking action on what they want. Sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's a sense of lack of uh, qualification. I know it's something I reflect on in different phases of my career of I didn't do things because I felt I wasn't established enough to do certain things. And it's one of the, the critiques I have going back of that. I realized that that was never a valid barrier, uh, that I could have done things sooner than I actually did do mm -hmm. them because it wasn't that I was would have been an that I was the expert before it's just that I I wasn't the expert when I started in the end anyway so I just needed to get started uh yeah just get started is uh 
that but, don't let's not sleep on that. Yeah. But, but anyways, I'll let you finish. But getting started is a key to to it, moving that moving down the path. Absolutely. Ben, but if you're an entrepreneurial person, as a therapist particularly, there will be the sense that people will look at you and sometimes have the sense of, well, why can't I have the same thing you do? Uh, you know, why can't I? And mm -hmm. attention will happen is I've seen people that will talk about these things that they want, but when pressed, they're not willing to step out of their comfort zone. Right. Now, we have this theme that we've talked about of like, our goal is to give people ideas of growing without just grinding it out. But that doesn't mean, taking out the grind doesn't mean that it takes out all the work and it right. definitely doesn't take out all the fear and even the risk. To do anything, to put yourself out into the world, to create a course, to start a group practice, to, to do anything sets up for failure. And in some ways, if you do enough things, failure is inevitable. I've, I've failed at several things. I've failed at things business-wise far larger than I care to really talk about. Uh, and it is very discouraging to go through, but there's a certain amount of inevitability. It becomes like if, if you know, if you go to the casino, James, which I imagine you doing frequently. Well, uh, <laughs> they just started the uh, Pennsylvania. They they've been building up, but I don't, I don't go. I think, I think gambling is a tax for people who don't know how to do math. So that is one, one way, or for people who are really good at math, but let's say you did something simple <laughs> like roulette and it's just, you were just betting on black or red. I guess, I think it's the two colors of roulette. It shows how much I've, I've watched, you know, my, my experience seen it is, on TV. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen the oceans movies. Yeah. That's a lot of my. But if you go and you bet on black, you can get it once, twice, five times, 10 times, 20 times. But you play long enough. Eventually, you bet it all on black every time. Eventually, you'll lose. Mm -hmm. It's just a statistical inevitability. And if you put yourself out into the world and trying something inventive, new, there's even this idea of like, having enough data like james and i james has been re-recording parts of his course when we started our conversation today i asked him how it was going and you were sharing about like well it's it's not quite there it's not going as quick as i would like it to yeah. and because i can just push out the the courses but i like to clean up the audio and cut some things and editing is always you know a 10 minute clip takes 30 minutes because of the editing process but but it's never going to be right. And that was one of the things I, I said to James. I go, no matter when you finish it, it will feel undone. Mm -hmm. And I, I shared that with him and I want to share it with anyone listening as a source of comfort because the that's not the key isn't to do it perfect. The key really is just to do it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and and my my way to get over that is either I. I I, I say I'm a scientist, like I'm a business owner scientist where everything I put out is data gathering experiment. And um, then you take, take, learn from the process and do it again. And I think the, the engine of the engine of that is getting started because if you never start, you're never going to learn what works and what doesn't work. And for years I had the dream, you know, 
create something that can provide for your future and give you freedom, but never, no, no zero data because I didn't do, I didn't even do anything with it. So if I have the mindset that this, this is an experiment, it's, it's less soul crushing, you know, when you don't get the views, you don't get the clicks, you don't get the likes, change a variable and rerun the process. And if you get, get better results, keep, keep going in that direction. So. When you look out to the future, James, in the, in the whole sense and so your, your business course creation studio, am I saying it? I think I get the name. Uh, yeah. Coursecreationstudio.com.com. Yeah. 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 We want to make sure you get the, the, the domain correct, but the, as you have vision sure. for what you want the outcome of this venture to be, what are the things that, what, you know, what we, we've talked about stepping into the discomfort, but let's talk about the dream. Yeah. What's the dream? Uh, so if I could state it succinctly, uh, the, the dream would be, um, th th uh, I kind of go back to like the Bill Gates thing, a, a computer on every desk, you know, that was like the simple vision. I think every therapist can have a course. Maybe it's a money-making course, or maybe it's just a course that brings, brings clients to you, or maybe it's something that you, you, you teach over and over again and people ask you about it. So you just, you make a course, which improves, which increases the value of your time. But I think every therapist has a course in them that something they do well that could could create more impact and maybe even income for them if they they got it out so that's mm. that's the vision i mean i more a little more personal and i've talked about this a little bit i two 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 topics one you know i adopted i adopted a child my parents adopted a child uh we each of us had um different questions during um, that time, by the way, my parents, uh, at the, the recording have a teenager and they're in their sixties. So anyways, that's another thing, but, but they, they, um, that's a, that's kind of specialized, but it, there are therapists out there who know how to do that and could give support. They're just not in my parents area. So they get on waiting lists, you know, yeah. for months to, for the types of, uh, counseling and support that they would need. I want to, I don't know if you can end that, but I really want to make the supports available to those specialized cases over Cause there's probably hundreds and thousands of people just in the same situation that I was in and that my parents are in. And then the people, I talk to people at church and they have adopted kids mm -hmm. and they're like struggling with certain things, blended families and all that. And, and they're looking for supports and, there, there's got to be a way to get the information out to the people who really need it. So uh, that that type of course. And then there's there's the therapist who has this burden or passion. Like I, I talked to one person a couple months ago where they worked with um, trauma. OK, uh, they work with trauma informed care type things and they saw the people um, her her husband was a pastor or youth pastor. And she saw how the trauma kids chewed up the youth group, right? Mm. And just chewed up the the kids, the volunteers, the leaders. And, you know, it it uh doing some training on how to manage the trauma because 
trauma is not getting less for our kids. Yeah. It's it's growing like the 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 amount of um, yeah, it's just it's just growing. So how do you how do you keep the uh, I, I, the the volunteers engaged and not burn out, but also keep the kids like often kids with trauma might not fit in that type of group. And so they go they go away, you know, they bounce off. Mm. And so now they don't have the support of a group that could help them. So that type of that type of group where she, uh, she was very passionate about it. And how could I help somebody bring their passion to the masses? Those are the two types of things in my head. Like, as I think about that, like somebody who's really passionate, they're on a mission. You know, uh, one of my statements I wrote is, that, wrote is like, I'm here to help therapists on a mission go from, you know, confused about how to start to a relaxed process of creating a course while staying true to who they are, because I want to help the helpers. I, I like money. Okay. Uh, I like business <laughs> people, but, but my, what really gets me going is when we help people, like I want to help the helpers spread their message, grow, grow their influence and create an income while they, while they're doing the process. So that's, that's sort of my vision it's a long way to state a vision but i like sure, think it, of people the, but but you're you're hitting on some important points i think so as as i thinking as we're kind of concluding sure kind of big takeaways and I, I think you know we often like to conclude what's our kind of our one thing and for the me one thing you want people to know well based on what you've kind of shared is is this idea that Mm, I'm trying to avoid an and in, in the discipline of doing that. I think the one thing is, is that your dreams while valid will require your discomfort, mm. but that's not a bad thing. And we, we, you know, most of us, even in, in different ways that we experience want, um, most of us in the Western world could live fairly comfortable lives in the scope of all of humanity, definitely in the history of humanity. Like I spend most of my life in a fairly temperature controlled environment. Uh, <laughs> and I get to sit on soft things and, you know, the, so I, without like kind of great extravagances, uh, and not to diminish people in genuine need, but for many of us, that's kind of where it is. But I think a downside of that is we often equate our discomfort with something's wrong. Right. And no. dis yeah. discomfort is sometimes a sign of something's wrong, but it's also a sign of something's growing. I have a, uh, uh, I read it recently where the people put trees in a, uh, environmentally controlled area. And like, there was no disruption, no outside influence of the weather. And they kept falling over. <laughs> they don't they, they don't get deeply rooted they they didn't have any wind or or any disruption to get the roots down deep and i think that's exactly what you're talking about the disruption while uncomfortable makes you uh avail able to survive the next stage of your mm -hmm. life what's your one thing james all right so um it's a combination but the so the dreams start in your head like everything that you're going to achieve, your, your, your achievements start in your head. 
but where they take life is when you write them down. And I think the the process of writing things down, like, don't just let it, because that, that was the next stage. Like, I had these dreams, but I was letting other people live my story. I was, like, letting other people write my own mission cards. And I, when I wrote down, I did this exercise, uh, I was in the book Hero on a Mission, where you wrote down, you know, what's your movie title? Uh, it's Donald Miller and he has story brand and all these mm -hmm. things. And he talks really a lot about story. And it was like, if you, if somebody wrote a magazine article about you or wrote a movie, what would the title be? Who were the characters? What would you be doing financially? What uh, spiritually health wise uh, vacate, you know, other stuff. What is something you would start doing? What is something you would stop doing? Like that was really impactful for me because then I took the dreams down and sort of created a little structure for myself that I still refer to daily. Those I refer to monthly, but um, just I remind myself of the the dreams that were once living in my head, and now they're more alive. I put them out mm. on paper. So, but I, the life I wanted needed the action. Like I just had to get, I just had to get started, and writing it down really propelled me to start making that, make those changes. Mm. Awesome. Thank you for sharing your dreams. All right. So, uh, so, so this, I will end the show as normal. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, uh, joining our conversation. This is James Marland with Dr. David Hall. We'll see you next time. See y'all. Thanks for listening to the episode. I hope you found some of the tools and tips useful for you as you try to achieve your own vision and your own dream. Uh, make sure you check out some of the links. There's the link to the Webinar Ninja and the book by Donald Miller, Hero on a Mission. There's a, a link for the AI course, the course for Gordon on podcasting, and then the builder type assessment. There's a link there for you to take. Uh, we really appreciate the support you've been giving to the show. Please like and review and share if you are so inclined. The Scaling Therapy Practice is for informational uses only. Uh, it's not intended to be advice for legal or accounting tax purposes. If you need the help of a professional, please contact somebody in that area. Scaling Therapy Practice is a part of the SciCraft Network, a network of some amazing people and podcasts. You can check them out at SciCraftNetwork.com. We'll see you next time.